Hi everyone, this is LOA Uncorked with Gina and Holly. We intend to have some fun around Law of Attraction principles. Let's discover and unleash the magic that exists inside ourselves. Tune in as we go on the hero's journey together to uplevel our lives with no bullshit, all truth, and nothing but fun. Grab a glass and join our virtual VIP conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to LOA Uncorked. This is Holly. And this is Gina. And Jeej, we have a very special episode that we just recorded. I've gone from Gigi to Jeej. <laughs> I mean, it's... I mean, it just keeps getting worse. Soon I'll just be Ege. <laughs> You're just going to drop. I mean, God only knows. Okay, that'd be me, Gina, uh, that she's referring to as the Jeej. I kind of like it. But if you say Jeej, you have to say the Jeej. The Jeej. Okay, the Jeej. The Jeej. <laughs> listen, we have Erin Claire Jones, who's yeah. an expert in human design. Yeah. And we do want everybody to go to her website, which is com, and get your... Blueprint. Well, we want you to get a blueprint, but just... Print out your chart. It's free. Oh, yeah. 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 And then you're going to realize you might want the blueprint. Yeah, I think you do, but <laughs> I we're mean, going to you Yeah, that. maybe your early quick studies. But Holly really searched high and low for a great human design expert. And you'll hear Aaron delivered in a major way. Delightful, connected. You can articulate very much an LOA lifestyle type subject matter expert and really does a fantastic job helping us understand human design and how it fits into our lives. She did an amazing job. And I yeah. love that she said, you know, uh, she said it's revealing and confronting. Yeah. yeah. And you'll hear her talk about that. But I just think that she's such a special guest for us because we want you to live your best life. Mm-hmm. And I think about that as living what, how you were designed to live right. as a human. And astrology is one thing. This combines a bunch of things, which we're going to talk about on the yeah. episode. But I just feel like it's a big deal for everyone to look at their science of what makes them them. Yeah. And we talk about it in the episode as well. Just um, the, the overlay of energy. It's important to all of us, um, some more than others, but this has an energy component to it that I found incredibly helpful um, in reading through the blueprint. Um, I think the blueprint is, has, and is changing my life. I mm -hmm. am committed to working through it and really resonated with me. And if it resonates with you, dig deeper and on the parts that resonate and the parts that don't, you don't have to um, yeah. go any further, but I think that you're going to find it as enlightening as we did. Yeah. And we hope you really enjoy this episode with Erin Claire Jones. All right, here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to LOA Uncorked. This is Holly. And this is Gina. And guess what, Gina? I know, I know. Big day. Another big day. We have a famous person here. <laughs> Know about that? Super yes. famous. Listen, Super famous. you hear her? She sounds famous, don't you think? <laughs> she does. She has a lovely voice, and yeah. she's a lovely person that yeah. that I've been stalking for a while. Gina, I know. Be told. I know. Okay, and Erin, I can help you with the paperwork. Um, the audience knows there's 
there's a history here of stalking, but I can help you with the forms. Um, so yeah, much. yeah, no problem. I've got them. Pre- I've got them pre-filled out. Well, I yeah, gotta yeah. go a long ways to get her. She's in New York City, yeah. and we she have. Feels, she, she, she should feel a little safer. <laughs> Just yeah. Thank sure. you, Erin Claire Jones, for mm-hmm. joining LOA and Cork today. We're so excited to have you. I mean, super excited. Excited. You are, and and she's going to explain it more, but listen, okay, this this gal has it all. She's a leadership coach specializing in human design. She also coaches people. So it's really teams and people, all people, all humans on their design to actually lead their best life. And she's going to talk to us more about what is human design, design, yes, which... Sounds like a combination of human resources and marketing. It's like there's some sort of smash up, right? <laughs> That's what I think. It, it is. It mm-hmm. is. And I think that um, we've talked about astrology before. So there's yeah. there's a derivative of astrology and I Ching and Kabbalah and you know chakras. I think chakras yeah. are in there even. Like, yeah. I don't know. I have questions on the chakra and the, And so yeah. we're going to ask her what it is instead of us just pontificating mm-hmm. on wh- what the heck we think it is. I'm but, loving this. <laughs> but I think of it here's the interesting thing that I think of it as like your operating system. And so we're going to talk about, you know, how to really know yourself and how to operate yourself Mm -hmm. to be like in the flow of life is how I think of it. But instead of us pontificating, (laughs) we're going to, we're going to give you the ball, Aaron, and let you tell us, um, what do you do and how, how do you help people? And you can tell me if I'm wrong about what (laughs) I think it is and and I'm happy to be wrong too, but (laughs) yeah, yeah. no, y'all did great. Um, I love, I love hearing you share about it. I think that I always love hearing like just how other people articulate it, you know, because I think everyone has their own way. So human design is a system based on your exact time, date, and place of birth that reveals your energetic blueprint. What I mean by that is how you're wired to make decisions, um, work within teams, collaborate, build businesses, you know, parent, partner, all the things. And I think exactly like you said, Holly, it's so much around revealing your unique operating system. Mm-hmm. I think we often get tripped up when we try to be anything other than what we are. Mm-hmm. And I think human design reminds us like, what is the roadmap for us? And I think more than anything, it just gives us permission to step into that. So in terms of how I work with people, whether it's an individual, whether it's a partnership, whether it's a team, it's really giving them the blueprint to how they operate at their best and the tools to step into it. And again, more than anything else, like human design actually doesn't tell us anything we don't know. It just gives us a language for everything we've always felt, but often never allowed ourselves to really step into. Okay. I find this fascinating. Can I just jump in here really quick? Absolutely. So I I am in human resources. So certainly used lots of tools kind of as a foundation for leadership development. And we've talked on this podcast quite a bit about, uh, Holly says, God, I just wish people understood people's astrology because it tells you so much about the human and, and why they behave and you have a lot of empathy for people. Right. And you, un- you could understand and decode them a little easier if you understand their chart. Um, this is at a, I mean, we're going to get into the design itself and the operating system because it's f- much more robust than a yeah. astrology chart is in many, many ways. But I find it fascinating that you use this in a business setting because we've talked about a lot of these tools are not used in a business setting. Well, and I wonder about that. I'm so glad you you started there. Mm, okay. I, know I told you I'd be quiet for a while, but no, I, I, I know couldn't you help can't. it. I couldn't because, help it. Oh, so we're executives mm-hmm. in our day job. 
job. And there, when we get in these leadership teams, I was like, dude, I just wish I could see their chart above their head so mm-hmm. I could at least understand how to relate okay. better to them. Mm-hmm. And that's astrology. And after, so spoiler alert audience, we both had our pl- blueprints done yeah. by Aaron. And so we'll talk about that a little bit later. But after I see the blueprint, I'm like, holy cow, it would be yeah. really helpful. So you actually go in and help teams become optimal, not dysfunctional, <laughs> like high functioning, efficient teams, right? Yeah. And that's actually how I got into human design. You know, I came from a startup and business background. And so in 2015, when I discovered human design, I'd been working and consulting for all these startups and like, they were amazing visions and they were amazing people, but like no one knew how to work together. And there was so much dysfunction. And then when I discovered human design, I was my first, my first thought was like, oh my God, this would level up teams in every possible way. Because like, if you understand how to communicate with each person, how each person makes decisions, how to leverage them, like it will just be so much more effective. So for the first two years of my business, I was focused exclusively on businesses and really supporting them and kind of working together more optimally based on each individual's design. And now it's it's broad and much more in terms of just supporting individuals and teams. Um, but yeah, it's been so fun doing the work with teams. I just think it really can transform the way that we work together. Um, and mostly by reminding us that we all operate differently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I just like work with so many managers and executives who are expecting their team to mimic how they do things. And they're so disappointed. You know, I had a, a client recently, she's like, I've gone through my sixth assist, sixth assistant. I was like, what is going on? She's <laughs> right. like, no one can keep up with me. I was like, they're not meant to. That is right. not their gift. And so <laughs> I think it really is so useful in helping us know how to better function together by really honoring how uniquely and different we each operate. And I think the magic of human design is how tactical and practical it is. Right. You know, it's not just like, oh, you're like, it's not an airy thing. It's actually very much like, team, like a lot of collaboration might be a lot for you. Like you need to be in your own independent flow or you can make decisions really quickly. And like these kind of quick questions will help you kind of connect to your truth. So it's really so to the point in a way that I think can be so useful. That's fascinating. And you know, you, you know, when you're on in, in presence of a, a dysfunctional team or a team that isn't all um, working together efficiently, because you feel energetically drained trying to make that work, okay. right? Like, so that is yeah. just fascinating. To th- I, well, fascinating. we've done everything. We've done the Hogan. The Hogan. We've done the Myers Briggs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've done all of that, and I, I, I still have done the Hogan for my teams. It's mm-hmm. helpful, mm-hmm. but it's not as practical and in depth as what we're talking about yeah. here. This is really taking serious science when you take your date time you know your whole astrology you know uh, birth date and all of that and put it into science and then right i mean i think we should tell everybody stop right now stop the recording go to aaron claire jones website and you can actually download your chart for free right Mm-hmm. And once you see the chart, it's going to scare the hell out of you because there's so much 100%. information on there. Mm-hmm. And so Gina and I did that. And then we signed up for your blueprint and uh, 60 some pages later, yeah. and you're like, okay, what is that? Well, it was so much practical yes. how to, which you don't get in astrology, you get a, you get a flavor for you know, what you, how you show up and your gifts. I mean, you get a flavor for that, but not in a practical format like this. Well, and uh, you get about 60 pages in whether it's the Hogan or any other leadership development tool, but it's not as no. uniquely designed for yourself. It's, yeah. it's more general based on a bunch of data that came from a bunch of other leaders prior to you. Like right. it's not... This is a this is how you as a leader are wired or you as a person are wired and how you can optimize your leadership. It's it's 
very reasonable for for the quality mm. of the blue design the blueprint and the design mm -hmm. uh, brilliant mm -hmm. it's it's an important investment for people to be making yeah and i would standpoint. just say i was sharing before uh, beforehand that i dabbled a little bit in human design um before and i had done my chart and i thought i can learn this Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, she laughs. She's going to spit out her tea, right? <laughs> and, and I can learn this. And this is how I'm wired to like, oh, I can figure anything out. Well, she's a out. geologist like, and you know, a you know, shaman I'm, and all these so other many things. things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I started like piecing it out. So the type, which we'll talk a little bit about that. We yeah. have to. So everybody's going to have their type and everything. Yeah. We'll touch base on that. I really uh, realized that it didn't resonate until I looked at it in its totality. Mm -hmm. And so the blueprint actually looks at it in, in totality to how can you get in the flow in mm -hmm. a practical way and live your design. And so what Gina and I, Gina and I, we got so excited when we got our blueprint. Mm -hmm. We just so happened to have it the same time as we were going to our trip to Sedona. So we get on the airplane, we're matching it up and we're reading and laughing and sharing mm -hmm. and you know, now it's like I continually go back and look at it and say, okay, how can I step in it? Because the newsflash is this. I'm not living my design. No. <laughs> No, like, like not any, I mean, not any part of it. So, so not in any way, but it resonated with me. It was like, oh, okay. I shouldn't mm -hmm. be doing everything myself and, yeah. you know, and burning myself out. I should yeah. allow others to do that, you know, and I should like, just because I can make decisions really, really quick. Cause I think, I, I mean, I pride myself on the quickest decisions I'm not supposed to do that. I, big decisions, I'm supposed to wait for clarity. And I was Absolutely. like, that could be uncomfortable. Let's mm -hmm. try that out. And Yeah, for all of us around her also. <laughs> not just for her. Not just for her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I, so maybe, like, I'm, before we get into, like, some of the details about the types and such, maybe you can say yeah. the other thing I was thinking about was you also have, uh, you offer readings. And so mm -hmm. yeah. do you, how would you, for our audience, if they're interested in human design after we get done discussing it, how would you go about that? Do you, would you take, have them get their blueprint and then then book a reading or what's what's your thoughts on how the reading getting someone started appropriately yeah the, absolutely yeah, yeah, because it has to be looked at holistically yeah. i think yeah 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 and i and i love what you shared about just the reading it and being like it resonates i'm not living it i think mm -hmm. that often human design is like equal parts relieving and confronting <laughs> like i think when i first discovered my human design i was like oh my God, that is me in a nutshell. I am not living any of it, you know? And so I think so often we've been trained to be opposite of what we are. And so it's a real process to keep coming back to it. So I think in terms of where to get people started, I definitely would think the blueprint is like the best place to start because it's not meant to be a thing that you read once. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be a thing that you keep going back to, especially in moments of resistance and challenge. And you'll probably find new things pop out every time as a way to just support you and in really integrating and living it. Sessions are wonderful. It's really wonderful to kind of talk through things with people and apply things even more practically to their lives in terms of like sitting with somebody and they're like, okay, I'm a projector and I want to like build a business. Like what should I keep in mind in terms of building a business in alignment? So oh, I, that. I think that kind of, that kind of space is so nice because, you know, my intention with everything that I do is just to make the information super practical. 
yeah, and super empowering. Like, let's actually use it in your life. I think like not everyone wants to learn human design. Like you were saying, Holly, yeah. like it's not that you can't, you absolutely could if you wanted to, but most people, they want to know how to use human design to live a more aligned life. Absolutely. Like, I don't care about my gate 25.2. Like tell me yeah. what I can actually do, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I think that my orientation, both through the blueprint and sessions is very much around giving people information to that end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, you can't really start in the wrong place, but I do think the blueprint is a nice thing because it, it's a, like a book to you that you can always have. Well, and I love that. And Gina, what I heard her say is we'd be the perfect team for her to do a reading for. Like (laughs) we're starting up our business. How do we work together the best? Yeah. Yeah. Because we are different. I mean, we're very different. Different and yet so perfect. (laughs) And yet so perfect. (laughs) Exactly. And I do think we naturally leverage each other um, and our differences, but but there's there are definitely areas that we could do better for yeah. sure. I mean, always. I think that's the case. Yeah. I agree. And we'll, I agree. I, I've gone back to the blueprint plenty I mean, of if times. Aaron ever answers our calls again after today, yeah, I mean, right. we, we will maybe do <laughs> She'll that. She'll be like, yeah, no, not those two. <laughs> so, you know, I love I know. that. So, so what happened when you saw your design and you weren't living it? That makes me feel a lot of comfort. Okay. So how do you start? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Their human design is endless. There's like, you know, the blueprint is like 60 plus pages, but like it could be 400 pages. You know, I think that like, that's just like the most important stuff. Um, I think understanding your type and your strategy and your inner authority are going to be the most important pieces to start with. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that looked like I'm a projector in human design. My authority is emotional. I think like both of you um, and my strategy is about waiting to be recognized and invited in. So on a more practical level, that was the awareness that I wasn't here to be a doer. You know, I was much better suited to be like a leader a guide, a master of systems and not like a consistent doer. And so I started to kind of build businesses in partnership with people that could really support me in the doing. And that really kind of allowed me to just like be in the system and really kind of work with the people. Um, I learned that my energy really operates in ebbs and flows. And the more I take rest when I need it, the more effective I'll be. So I started to kind of build my days with a lot more spaciousness because I used to always be like, how much can I do? And I would just burn myself out like crazy. I think a big thing in terms of building my business and life is knowing that like, I'm actually not here to initiate or chase after anything. Like my job is to let myself be seen and wait to be invited in. And so whether it was in business, just sharing myself on Instagram or in podcasts and waiting for the right invitations or community wise, like only investing in the relationships where I felt really treasured and seen and valued, it really shifted where I invested my energy. Um, And then I think the third piece was around, this is true for all three of us, is that none of us are meant to be impulsive or spontaneous. Many people are not us, you know, like, and so really beginning to kind of take my time to feel into relationships and opportunities and not jumping into things really saved me so much time because I really kind of started entering into things that were correct for me in the first place. Right. And so I think really beginning to play with your type, how to best use your energy, your strategy, how to create the most aligned opportunities and your inner authority, how to make decisions, just dialing in those three can be pretty transformative. Well, and I'm just fascinated. Um, that was super, super helpful just as a yeah. somewhere to start mm-hmm. Yeah, because there is so much information. But I, but I think for me, what what's so fascinating is this overlay with energy, which you could say that about astrology. It's not as close of a tie. So I'm just you know, we talk on the podcast often that, you know, time is one of those things that, you know, it is an investment, you know, when you, whether it's relationships, partnerships, you know, uh, commitment levels, but, but beyond that, like, if you're choosing to engage in your life in a way that drains your resources, whether it's time or energy, it's the same thing. And so for me, energy is a big deal. Like I, I struggle managing energy. 
for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, can you talk a little bit about the tie between energy and this work? And for those that are struggling with their energy, is there a sp- spot within the human design to to look at? Are there um, Is there a cheat sheet for energy <laughs> and where to start to, to gain the best positive yeah. impact on energy? Yeah, definitely the type. The type yeah. is going to reveal so much. So if I was to give you guys the example, so Gina, like you're a manifesting generator and mm-hmm. there's some similarity to generators as well. And it basically means that you're actually meant to have like an extraordinary amount of capacity and vitality and energy. But what gives you that energy is when you're actually lit up and energized and excited by what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you're doing things because you're depleted, you're drained, you think you should, it will drain your battery so quickly you have access to none of that vitality. If you're prioritizing your excitement, your joy on a daily basis, whether it's work-related or not, you might be like, I love going to yoga and I love spending time with Holly. And so I'm going to do those things, you know, like it gives you more energy to do everything else. So I would say for you, the biggest thing is staying so connected to what is naturally lighting you up and exciting you and prioritizing that. And if there are things that are depleting and draining you that you can let go of, it will free up your energy so deeply and create so much more space for things to come in. And I would say for you also, the last piece that I would share is that like how energy would work in an ideal way for you is for you to kind of wake up in the morning, like energized and excited, mm-hmm. you spend the day using up your energy in ways that feel really stimulating, really fun and really mm-hmm. exciting. And you drop into bed, like spent and fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what allows you to sleep well at night. And then you wake up energized. If you aren't actually using up your energy in ways that are satisfying, you'll probably go to bed and feel like really depleted and an unsatisfying way. And also really restless. Yeah. Restless. You know, that's and great... so like, it's, it's using it up. Like you've got to use it up to actually drop into bed and feel satisfied. And that's resonates. So, right, oh, Gina? completely resonates. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. You know, I, it's interesting, as exhausted as I can sometimes feel, I'm restless, which is yeah. fascinating. So I had got to use it up. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And you feel like you're using it up, but you're not. Because In it's just a healthy right way. Yeah, exactly. No, that's fascinating. Super helpful. And you're a projector. Mm-hmm. And so, yes. so projectors, sometimes people don't like when you say, I have to wait to be invited in, but I think there's a misnomer there. Can you talk a little bit about that? So we're talking for our audience, we're talking about the type. So look at your chart and it's the first thing on the, on the Mm -hmm. chart. It'll tell you your type and go ahead. Mm -hmm. And and one thing I just want to add before I share that, just Mm -hmm. so you know the difference for you, Holly, and your energy, um, Mm -hmm. because you also have really powerful energy, but your energy is probably not going to operate consistently. Mm -hmm. So for you, it's not about like, let me use up my energy every day in ways that are really satisfying. It's more like, how can I really leverage the energetic and creative bursts that happen when they come? And then how can I give myself permission to take like rest and space and time alone when it's gone? Yeah. Like you're just not here to be a consistent doer. Like your gift is like getting things off the ground and you probably have the most energy for that. And then it's about like handing things off and taking rest. <laughs> and so like, if you're in this like mode of like, I've got to keep going and going and going, it's going to burn you out so quickly. And you also don't give yourself space for like the new ideas, the new inspirations to come through. Yeah. And so Very I, true. I would say for you, your energy is actually meant to be quite in consistent and your job is to really honor what you're in the mood for and take rest and space and time alone when you need it. And you know, what's so interesting is that it's so uncomfortable. Of course. Yeah. The, yeah. It's so uncomfortable. Which part of it's uncomfortable? It's uncomfortable that I'm not doing, doing, doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not, well, maybe it was, I was raised that way or mm-hmm. whatever, but I don't, but, but the reality is, is I know you're right. It's like, I get these bursts and I'm like, Oh, and then, then, but I think I should just keep going. And the eyes look, look crazy like I mean, that like, too. Crazy. They, yeah. 
when the eyes yeah. show up like that, I get worried. Uh, yeah, yeah. She gets the phone call. I'm like, Gina, oh, I got it. I got blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, we got to have this reality we show. We do it tomorrow. And doing it, we're doing it tomorrow. <laughs> and I've written all yeah. six episodes. I mean, yeah. you know, this shit happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, and then oh. there's this lull and she gets and wickedly not, uncomfortable. I, uh, then I get upset, you mm-hmm. know, in the lull. So I have to honor that. Mm-hmm. And I think my reminder for you is that like the lull is where the ideas come. Right. And so if you don't give yourself that space, you also don't allow yourself to kind of be inspired in that way. Right. I love that. Yeah, and perfect. so, and so, and then to answer your question around the invitation, so projectors similar to manifestors yep. aren't really here to be consistent. You know, our energy ebbs and flows as well. And we're more gifted as like leaders and guides than we are doers. But, you know, our strategy is about being invited into things and not initiating. And I think that it's not meant to be a super passive strategy. I know that can feel like a little bit scary for people yes. like did for me when I first discovered that as right. an entrepreneur. I was like, how do I build a business? And I think what I learned was the invitation was just a tool to protect my energy. It was just a tool to make sure I was only sharing my guidance and perspective with people that actually wanted to hear it, you know? And so if I was just like trying to share my insights with people that didn't want to hear it, it didn't feel good for them. It didn't feel good for me. And like projector energy is quite intense. And so I realized that like, I can protect my energy by really conserving it and sharing it with the people that are really ready. And I can make myself most available for those people by very actively sharing myself with the world. And for me, that happens through podcasts and newsletters and Instagram. And I just share pretty consistently and allow invitations to come. But I see the invitation more than anything else as like my kind of boundary as a tool to kind of protect my energy and make sure I'm only sharing myself with people that actually want to hear from me. Hey, Gina. Hey, Holly. Listen, Gina. I'm going to be begging for some ratings here. What do you mean? I'd like our audience, if they like us, to rate us five stars. On any of the podcast platforms that, yes. that they're listening to. Is that yes. what you're saying? Okay. Like Apple, Spotify. And don't you think it'd be awesome also if they really do like us to add a little comment? Oh, comments would be great. Absolutely. Okay. It really helps us bring the podcast to you and continue to get the feedback that is necessary to bring new listeners. Thanks for your support. Back to the episode. Here we go. God, I love that. I do too. And so when you first learned human design, were you operating that way or were you operating? Yeah. Okay. Oh, heck no. no. Yeah. I think that like I was, I was chasing after all the things. I was really (laughs) deriving all my value in being the doer and I wasn't great at it. And even I will say like, I'm, you know, I started working with human design in 2015. I built a company with my first teacher for two years. And then I built my own practice starting in 2017, 2018. And now my fiance is my business partner. But like the first iteration of my human design business, I still was chasing after things. Like I was still mm-hmm. pitching companies and all those things right. because it was so new. And it was really hard. Like we were really not finding much flow in the business. And it was also really early. But I think where I started to find so much more flow and success in my practice and in my business was when I just started sharing in a really broad way and trusting that the invitations would come. Mm. And they obviously come more now than they did them. But like it really, it just works so much better for me. And it also just felt so much better. And I think that's the magic of human design. It doesn't only let us know what will lead to more success and satisfaction, but like how to do it in an act, a way that actually feels good. Wow. Well, were there tools that, uh, were there practices? Because we talk a lot on the podcast about just practical things that you could implement in your everyday life. So when you're, when you're switching kind of your wiring back to kind of your, how you were uh, built, versus how you've built yourself, right, to behave. Yeah. When you when you're doing that, um are there are there some 
rules or some guidelines that you have found to help keep you? Because that's going to be a process, right? To go from I'm going to do everything to I'm going to sit back, I'm going to change my whole strategy uh, when everything's on the line and something that you are passionate about and you love. Like, how did you keep steady on the course of switching gears and and fighting how you how you had learned to behave? Right. Like, is this an invitation or am I hustling? Right. 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 Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that like, it really is a process. And I think human design is an awareness system. I think when we understand our design, it's just like, we're always kind of aware of it. I think that like the biggest switch for me is that like, I was so scared of being seen. And so it actually mm. felt safer to like pitch companies than it did to like put myself out there on Instagram, you know? And I have a partner that was pretty aware of my design. And so he was the one that was really just like, Aaron, like people can't find you unless they see you. And I was like, but I don't want to be seen. <laughs> yeah. like, you gotta put yourself out there. And so like, I just started. So like, I think that I just started sharing on Instagram every single day, wow. you know? And like, I, I can't, I don't do it as much anymore, but I mean, I share often, but I think that like, it was really just cultivating the practice. But I think then I started to see so much success from it that it was yeah. like a snowball. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where I was just like, and I was even beyond Instagram. I was just like, I gotta just like share. I gotta let people know that I do human design. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got to like put myself out there. So I think it was really uncomfortable for me, but I think that I so I actually so immediately saw like a different response and reaction to it that it just fueled me and gave me so much more ability to do it. Makes it easier um, to to, yeah. to switch that gear. Yeah. No, that makes great well, sense. Go and ahead. One of the things that you said was flow. Mm-hmm. I love that terminology mm-hmm. because you even have in the human design, you know, in the blueprint, it says when you're on track when you're off track, how you're feeling. And you know, what's interesting is I keep going back to that because I thought, well, I'm committed to getting more in the flow and and being in my lane because it resonated so much. And so when I'm off track, you know, I, I was like, I get angry. (laughs) I have anger. (laughs) I have anger issues. And I was like, I don't think I'm an angry person, but when I think about it, Mm-hmm. It's right. And Gina knows me well enough that I'll be like, oh, what the hell are they talking about? I mean, I will get into that versus, oh, I'm so frustrated or, mm-hmm. you know, like I do. Mm-hmm. And so there are guideposts to really yeah. help you figure out, well, am I in the flow or am I not in the flow? Am I yeah. feeling depleted or am I not feeling right. depleted and or energized? I should say, am I feeling energized? And so I feel like the the blueprint kind of gives you that ability and the practical advice too to go back and say, sure. okay, this is how I'm going to, you know, live. And then I'm going to keep looking at it. And I don't want to say self-correcting, but like adjusting, adjusting, adjusting. correcting. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. course, correcting. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. No, it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cause you're like, you're like you said, it, it's an operating system, but we can optimize how we perform if you keep you know, turning the knobs and getting it dialed in over time, right? I mean, yes. it's, there's, it's so complex. I don't think people will run out of ways to try and optimize the operating system because there are so many suggestions and the the depth of the design is is significant enough that you'll have things that you can keep tweaking and oh, making yeah. better for, for, yeah. for quite some time. Yeah. 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 So we've talked about, so we're talking about the types. So we've talked about manifester. I'm a manifester. We've talked about manifesting generators. Gina's a manifesting generator. And is that the same as being a generator or is there a, the, what's the difference between those two categories? Yeah. They're very similar. Some people do group them together. I think the difference is that 
um, they're both kind of doers and builders and creators and kind of really at their best have so much creative energy to make things happen when they're really lit up and excited. The difference is that manifesting generators like Eugenia are often quite multi-passionate by nature. Mm-hmm. Like I would guess for you, it's actually really good to have every day look a little bit different and mm-hmm. to like not be like sticking with the same thing forever. Like your job is to just like pivot and reinvent yourself and like honor what you have the energy for. And I would say one of your gifts is moving quite fast and like having people around you that can help you like in every detail. So you can just mm-hmm. kind of be in your powerful, fast and creative flow. Mm-hmm. Generators, pure generators are a bit more about kind of mastery, a real desire to kind of really go deep into a process. And they carry kind of this very like steadfast commitment. Again, if you're a generator and you love doing lots of things, I'll never tell you not to do it. I would just check in and make sure you actually have the energy for all those things at once. And there's so much more nuance underneath it. But I would just remind you, Gina, that like, yeah. it's not about putting everything you do into one box or making sense of it all, but just like knowing that when you have the energy for something, mm-hmm. it's enough reason to do it. Okay. And it'll probably make sense a little bit later. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love that. That's fantastic. And so, so we so talked true. about projectors mm-hmm. and then there's one more that we have. Reflectors. Reflectors, which, which are, there aren't that many reflectors. Is less than 1% or something? It's 1%. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And what is that? Just in case our audience, we have one in our audience. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you definitely have one. So reflectors are our collective mirrors. These are people that are incredibly Mm -hmm. sensitive to their physical space and always kind of taking in and magnifying the energy that they're around. And so it's so important for reflectors to be such ruthless curators of the people they're spending time with and the places they're spending time in because they're taking it all in. And the magic of reflectors is in their fluidity, meaning that they will have periods where they feel like a manifesting generator like Gina, a manifester Uh like Holly, a projector, a generator. And so their job is not to figure out the one thing that they are or show up consistently in one way, but honor whatever feels like them that day, you know, and knowing that their identity is vast and their job is to kind of stay tuned into what wants to be expressed. Um, And the last piece that I would share is that, you know, especially when we talk about like HR, Gina and business is that in the context of business, we call reflectors evaluators Mm -hmm. because they really thrive when they can just like move around and kind of like objectively observe what's going on. Right. I always Mm -hmm. say the ideal role for them is like the CEO whisperer where they're just like in a role where they're like, what do you see? You know, like whenever I work for the reflector, I'm literally all the time being like, but what do you see? And what do you think about that? Because they just like see and sense things that so many people don't. And so like, if you have a reflector on your team and you're trying to make them a generator, it's going to be challenging. Mm -hmm. If you value their perspective and like realize what a treasure and gift you have, it will be magical, you know? And so, um, and so it's important for reflectors just to kind of close that loop to really be around people and in spaces where their perspective feels really treasured and valued because that will make such a difference. That's fascinating. And would they also behave like a protector, manifester, manifesting generator because of who they're surrounding themselves at any given time? Are they, is is it that obvious to them they're reflecting someone else's design or a, a collective design? It's both. So yeah. they're going to kind of reflect back who they're around. Okay. So I always say if somebody's partnered to the reflector, I'm just like, take really good care of yourself yeah. because you're going to have a strong mirror in your partner, you know? Yeah. Um, and they're also going to be activated by like what's going on in the world and the planets and all the things. And right. so like, it's actually really normal for them to have periods of the month, regardless of who they're around, who they're around, that they will feel more like a manifesting generator or a generator or projector. Fancy. And so it, it's both. In that Fascinating. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm sure they make themselves wrong for being everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm sure that there's, there's that yeah. non-living that would be hard for them mm-hmm. as well as the rest of us. Yeah, for sure. Wow. So those mm-hmm. are the types. And then we have the strategy that's important. And then the authority is those are the top three things. Like when you pull your chart mm-hmm. that you'll see. And so, um, I mean, I'm not doing either one of those Gina, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> compared to my design. Well, compared to your design, yes. that is, yeah. And, and, and the authority is really, I, if we talk about that, this is such an important thing, is how we make decisions. And so to understand yeah. how yeah. best you make decisions, I was saying that, you know, I I pride myself on making quick, just great decisions. I'm a decisive person and I'm actually supposed to wait around and linger and wait for my clarity to happen for big decisions. Yeah. Um, and so... Which I think you do sometimes. I think I do. I, yeah. I do, but I just don't... I think, think in your personal it. life, you do. I think in the yes. business world, it's... In business, I mm-hmm. it's like, no. Mm-hmm. Okay, no. But yeah. I yeah. don't know. I mean, maybe I... Sh- I don't know. That's mm-hmm. an interesting mm-hmm. concept if, mm-hmm. you know, to go and check in on business versus personal. Is there a difference between how we behave business-wise and personal? What are your thoughts on that? You should just always behave the same way. What are your thoughts, Erin? Yeah, I think that like, I mean, I think it's normal to show up in different ways, you know, like different parts of you will probably be pulled out, but the strategies and things will remain the same. Mm -hmm. Or it's just like in terms of taking your time with decisions, you might find that a lot of business decisions are moments like in the moment, smaller ones, you've got to decide right now. I would still say for the bigger ones, take your time for your design. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the principles of human design apply to every part of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that it will show up differently a hundred percent. But like for me, I'm here to be invited in both with my friends and my partner, as well as like my clients and the people that I work with, you know? So, and I, I, I think that like, that's so true is that like where, how we are in one place can translate to so many different places. So it is. Yeah. I think that's so important. We've talked about it on the podcast mm-hmm. quite a bit, Aaron, of, and I think this is is maybe more so for females by quite a bit than males is that we feel like we have to show up differently in the workplace than we do at home. Mm-hmm. And there, I think there's a paradigm there that we've talked on this podcast. I am wickedly different outside of the office than I am in the office. Wickedly different. Mm-hmm. Because I've stuffed myself in this box that I felt like I had to be stuffed in, right? Uh, okay. And so Holly and, and has really helped go, that's just you think that. No no one's making you do that. I, how do you know it won't work if you yeah. aren't just authentically yourself and show up and provide your feedback authentically as yourself the way you would sitting here at Holly's house versus, you know, uh, in the office. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's absolutely right. I, I've actually seen a significant uh, development in my professional career because I have finally mm. honored my voice and and... But but that's hard to break when you have behaved that way, and I think I think you, it shows up very different for you. But I think there is a part of that that we mm-hmm. we all sort of felt like as, as females, especially the higher up you go, the different you right. more different you have to behave in the right. workplace. How do you, do you help coach um, all people, not just females, with how to show up at work? Because I think this is a huge issue mm-hmm. with. And of course we see it, we are female, so we can understand that the best, you know, and yeah. speak to it yeah. the most, um, concisely. But, uh, I, you know, do you coach that? Because I do see, mm-hmm. I do see that happen in, in our world a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that like, definitely, I think it's really around, I mean, human design is about helping people show up as themselves wherever they are. You know, whether that's as a parent or as a partner or as a boss or mm-hmm. as an employee, yeah. you know, and so like even a session I did recently with a um, a woman who was recently promoted and like she had done so well in her previous position, but she got in this new position and she was basically trying to like do it like her boss had done. Mm-hmm. And she was like, this feels so icky. I hate this kind of leadership. 
And it was so cool to kind of talk about, like, let's talk about the way of leading that might actually feel good to you. And she just like, you could see her whole body release where she's like, oh, that sounds amazing. I can lead that way. You know, like, I don't have to do it like they did. And so I think it really just reminds us how to show up as ourselves. And again, it's not that I or human design knows better. It's just that human design gives us the language that kind of reminds us of that. Yeah. And I think, I think, well, I'm wondering if it also human design by showing up, by owning your design and how you are wired. If you show up in that leadership, given this example that you were talking to, if you showed up and tried to lead that way and were continually getting not what you need there, it's probably not a good fit. It's it, so it's not mm-hmm. about you, right? I mean, so there are, you know, you can be and she mm-hmm. could have been in a role that they say, you know what, you can't lead like that. You need to be something else. And then she knows, well, this isn't for me. Is mm-hmm. how is that the case too that you see? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, human design is really, it's confronting. It's you know confronting. I, mean? like, I love like, this. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that like I'll sit so with good. people in sessions. Like I remember one of my dear clients I've been sitting with um, regularly for, I don't know, two years now. She was like our first session. She's designed to make decisions based on her gut feeling in the moment. And so like, if I was to ask her, do you want to do this? She will like immediately know. Yeah. And she had like just got a new job and it like ticked all the boxes. And I was like, and do you want to do it? And she's like, no. And it was just like, so, and she quit her job the next day, you know, and it's an amazing and what, and not everyone can do that. You know, like sometimes it'll take more time, but like, it's been amazing to watch her <laughs> transform based on that. So I think that it's very revealing. Like, I think that if, if a relationship or a job or a community is no longer right for you, human design will reveal that pretty quickly. Um, and that can be really scary, but I think that human design requires an immense amount of trust and that like, when we really let go of what's no longer for us and create space for what is like, we will benefit in all the ways. Mm. But I think that like, it is, I think that the only people that like would be really resistant to human design is if you're just trying to like stick with something because you think you should. Or have to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, but, but yes, I think it's very revealing. You'll know pretty immediately whether something's for you or not. And And I I just remind you of it. I love that revealing (laughs) and confronting because, uh, because it gives you language to make it like, this isn't because I'm bad or I'm not good enough, or it's not because we have a tendency to want to blame ourselves for the non-fit versus that it's just doesn't work. It's Mm -hmm. just objective. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't work. And so it gives you language. It gives you thoughts around that. And then you can, you can decide what to do. I of course like to my shadow side, I like to hold on to things too long. And I was like, Oh my God, yes, that's <laughs> so true in every way I do that. And mm-hmm. so, and that's the shadow side. Uh, and right. human design told me that mm-hmm. it was, it's a, it's just really a beautiful, yeah. wonderful way of really understanding yourself yeah. And making it practical and not making yourself wrong for being wired a certain way. And, totally. and when you step into it, we see you, we see your big smile. We're saying, we're saying when you step into it and you're living it, you know, you're in the flow and you are mm. more joyful and more happy. Yeah, no mm-hmm. doubt. And I know we're running close on time, but Aaron, I just, I was thinking about this as I was reading my my human design and kind of understanding the tool a little bit better is, you know, I'm curious, I mean, you've been doing this quite some time, like what has been the biggest takeaway from your work with regard to human mm-hmm. design? Like what has been the biggest, what is what has it given to you personally that you feel like is the the, the biggest gift? I think two things. I think that like the first is that 
in reminding us how different we each are, I think human design brings us closer together. Mm. Like, I feel like I have so much more compassion and understanding in my relationships because like, like my dad's a projector like me. I used to make him so wrong growing up where I'm like, he's taking a nap. He's like, he was such a good projector. And I was just like, <laughs> I can't believe he's doing it. And now I'm like, I love it. You know what I mean? We're, mm. we're together. I'm like, take a nap, take your space. Like, so I just feel like I feel so much more understanding of the people around me and so much more supportive of them and so much more connected to them. And so I think revealing our difference, bring, revealing our differences brings us closer together. So that's been the first one. Mm. And the second one is I think that I really like my transformation with human design is that like, I really learned how to approach it with like a lot less dogma. Like I've sat with many, many thousands of people and like the accuracy is literally mind blowing. And I don't think it's really about that anymore. You know, I think that like yeah. with my work with people, especially with all the skeptics and the teams is like, I'm like, it, what matters is like less of whether it's true and more like, is it helpful? Mm. Yeah. And I think like I when that. I've been able, yeah. And I think when I, and my partner has been so supportive in helping me communicate in that way. But I think when I've started to communicate in that way, I've just like, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. Like I'm just introducing a tool and you're going to choose how to engage with it. I think it's allowed me to reach a much broader audience. And I think it's allowed human design to feel like a much more empowering tool for people. Yeah. I think if you're just telling them like, this is true, believe it or not, they're like, Ooh, you know, but if you're just like, this is what it says, take it or leave it. They're like, Oh my God, that feels amazing. And like, I want to take that. And so I think that it's been a real lesson for me and like learning how to approach this much more loosely and in a way that I think is much more empowering for people. Yeah. You know, I, and that's why I love the fact that you're using it in business because I, so often um, when we're walking through a leadership development tool like the Hogan or any other, uh, there's all this rhetoric around the science behind the, (laughs) the results and how, you know, uh, you know, they can defend it and it's legitimate and all these things that, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I mean, to some of us, that doesn't matter, right? Is it does it ring true or not? And there's some yeah. of sometimes, um, even with some of those tools, you have to sit with it for a while and I'm oh, no, I don't do that. And then a year later you're like, Yeah, I kinda do do that. I kinda yeah. do do that. So it you know, sometimes it takes a while to like totally take the tool in. But I love the fact that this is this is how you're wired. I, I don't, there's not a defending of it. There's not a scientific thing. It just, um, I love that. And I think business needs a bit more of that. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. There's science behind it, but you have to be ready to learn about yourself. Yeah. 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 You're open to it. I do. I do think people who gravitate to this, they're, they're interested in knowing. Yeah. And that's why you keep going back to it because you, you can't, you can't learn it all in one sitting. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I've also been really blown away by the receptivity of teams. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that like I, what I found is that people are just like, I want to learn about myself and like, and people love learning about themselves, you know? And so I think that like, I think that even the most skeptical people have really loved it, at least in the work that I've done. And, And I think that's been really beautiful to see, but it has required that approach of just like, take it or leave it. And I think people have really like appreciated that. Right. I I love love that. And I do love, I mean, one more question or comment Mm -hmm. or uh, dialogue with you, Erin, about teens. So what I'm seeing with teens, I had a bunch of Mm. teens in my bedroom last night. Um, They come in, they're 17. They're talking about astrology because they have it on, they have co-star and they have all this other stuff. One is her daughter, uh, the arrester. I I mean, they're not random teens that wander up. bedroom. Yes. Well, she brought them in. My daughter brought them in. And her friends. Yeah. And, you know, and so they're, they're like, oh, sun, moon rising, you know, like that's an important yeah. thing. And I guess my, my thought is I would love you to 
you know, maybe you need an app or something. Are you working on that on human design so that we can have teens start knowing their human design? Because I love astrology, but what I love even more about the human design is the practical part. So as they're looking at college, so all these teens in my bedroom late at night, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm like, get out. Okay. No, I love them really. (laughs) Okay. Um, I I feel like, like as you evaluate college, as you evaluate what you're doing is it's a service. Like, I think you should do it. So we're going to, we're going (laughs) to, since I can't, I'm, I'm not understanding it because I need to really live my human design. So I don't need to go preach it. Figure it out. Um, I need to figure myself out, but you are in a unique position. We can challenge you to like, you know, let's figure out how to connect with the teens and help them understand their human design. To your point, I do think that younger generations are more open to whether it's astrology. I mean, they're, they're wired at their, their, that there's a readiness, I guess, with this younger generation to help them evolve. And I agree with you, the human design for, for someone at that spot in their life is, a beautiful tool. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the most impactful. Like I think that I work with so many people that are like, if only I had discovered this exactly. 30 years ago. Me too. Um, but I, I think I've that. been so, yeah, but I've been so uplifted recently. I've had a lot of clients purchase sessions and blueprints for their like teens, Kids, yeah. you know? And I think that like the earlier we discover it, the better, because it gives us that permission from early on. So I think that we'll definitely explore more and more resources to make it accessible in that way. But I think you're right, Gina, that I think mm-hmm. that like there's so much more openness to it, yeah. but I think the impact it can have at that age is just like tremendous. Yeah. It's I'm seeing an app design for teens that's fun and interactive and you need to you need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is this, this is, is my manifester I'm, thing. I'm glad my... you're getting the wild eyes. This is not me getting it. This now is not gonna, a to do for now me. I'm gonna actually. ping you and say, You gotta do it here. Those eyes. You, you see, I'm like this, know, she I'm looks crazy. She looks a little crazy. This is we'll we'll, we'll write that in the paperwork <laughs> as well. Like, you know, that we're a little concerned Perfect. for stability and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like sure. Well, we sure are really happy that you joined yeah. us today. Very mm-hmm. thankful. Thank yeah. you so much for your time and your treasures, sharing your treasures and talents with us. Expertise and, and delightfulness. Yeah. I mean, it was you're welcome anytime. If not, oh. you know, when we come to New York, we'll come we'll come see you in the horses. <laughs> yeah. How about that? <laughs> the best up here. I love that. I love for that. sure, for sure. Well, and we will put everything in the show notes mm-hmm. of how to get a hold of her and how to download your chart and then re-listen to the episode so you get all the information. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also happy to offer a discount code for the blueprint if you guys want to offer one to your community. Absolutely. That would be be fantastic. Okay. We'll get all the details and put it in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if you have a word you use, I'll just add that. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Erin, for your time. It was delightful. Thank you. All right. Such a pleasure. Thank you both. We appreciate you. Uh Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining our VIP conversation. And please visit us at our website, www.loauncorked.com. See you soon. Bye.